When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, uh, welcome back. It's actually, you know, we're doing this all in one sitting, but uh, you're, you're going to get it in, in three different parts. Uh, but today we're going to keep going with our season review. And the first thing we want to do is to uh, talk about our uh, winners predictions uh, from from this uh, from last year. Again, uh, kudos to Jakub who has all the stats and has been compiling them all the all, all year long. Uh, so that you can laugh of our worst picks. <laughs> right, winner's picks. It's something we do on this show as like a you know preview tool. Uh, but ultimately, we always pick somebody to to win the events. Uh, you picked correct twenty three times. I picked correct twenty one times in our first full season of predictions. Uh, overall, do you think we did better or worse than last year? Um... I mean, I, I, I think uh, you know, percentage-wise, we probably didn't do as well as we did last year uh, because we started later, as you said, and there were also less events. But if I'm thinking of like, you know, whether, whether I'm satisfied with my score, uh, 23 out of 183 finished events, uh, 12, 13%. Like, I think that's good enough for me. Uh, of course, your score isn't that much uh, behind. So... I think we did okay, but I think, you know, just percentage-wise, we did worse than last year. Yeah, so we we got just under 12% this year. 11.96% is what we got. Uh, last year, we did 12.9%. So, yeah. so it was a bit of a drop. For you, a slight improvement. As you said, 12.5% is what you did this year. Last year, you got 11.2%. I declined horribly. I got 11.4% this year and 14.7% last year. Uh, but ultimately, I think we're picking like one in every nine correctly. So <laughs> yeah, even, even one in eight, like, you know, more or yeah, less. Well, so. one, one, in eight, one in nine. So yeah. we're, 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 we're doing a decent job. Um, right. Next up, I have who we picked the most. Uh, so I'm going to eliminate some players. First, we picked Carbaez, Baena, Umber and Pasaro eight times total. We picked the Patamiraes nine times, Borges ten times. But who do we think we picked the most by far, actually? It's a very, right? Yeah, 14 times yeah. we picked him. And he and got he one only, title. He only won one once. But did we get a point for Echeverry? Well, I, 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 I'll have to reveal that later. Ah, uh, okay. No, we, 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 we did actually. Uh, I think you got a point, then I didn't get a point for mm-hmm. Echeverry. Okay. And that. It, it well, had no, to be the, actually very. We we mentioned it in the in the season review that, uh, I mean in the in the challenger tour finals uh, talk that uh yeah basically whenever Echeverry is in the event this is yeah like your first thought should I pick Echeverry and usually the answer is well as it turns out only he only won one event but you know he guarantees that there's gonna be some excitement basically. <laughs> Yeah, so, so so we actually both picked Echeverry when he won in concept. Ah, so, okay. in concept. 
uh, but then we just kept on doing it and he kept <laughs> not doing it for us. Yeah, I think Mon Montevideo uh, was the most drastic one where you picked uh, him and he lost in the final to Olivieri. That was, uh, you know, we are both expecting that you were, were going to get a point there. Yeah, uh, speaking of getting points, who do you think got the most points uh, for us combined? Oh, Jesus. Um, could it be Draper? No, because he was at the beginning of the year. Kachin, I don't think so. I mean, I know that Draper and Wu have four titles, but were we picking him in Wu to win these titles? I don't think so. I don't know. Let's go. I don't even know. Let's try Pedro Kachin. It is actually Carbaez Bena and Bonzi. So with two, uh, just with two. Yeah, so 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 two each, uh, and then you sort of got one of them uh, each correctly. I got both of them twice. Mm -hmm. uh, for you, it was Lisa and Shelton that you that you uh, picked, and they both got you two points. Um, I didn't pick them those times, so uh, Shelton and who? Alice. Alice. Okay. Uh, as for picks without points uh, total, where do you? Where, where, there are there are five players that are tied at six times picked without getting any points for us. Five Who players that they? are tied at six. Oh Jesus! They have to be like high like, seeds. I, I feel like four of them are very reasonable, and then one of them is one that you picked six times and I didn't pick him a single time, <laughs> and he's a little bit ridiculous. I don't think it's uh, Bonadio. <laughs> Although I picked Boladio a few times, I mean, right. I, I, so, so, uh huh. So, so, so we can go sort of process of elimination. We have Gombosh. I picked him four times. You picked him twice. Okay. Didn't get us anything. Uh, Mahach. I picked him four times. You picked him twice. Uh, we also have Wolf and Van Rijthoven, uh Both picked six times, and <laughs> they they didn't get us anything. Shevchenko, you picked him six times uh, and he didn't get you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, the one time, the one time he won, I didn't pick him. Yeah, that's right. But I, I'm shocked by Van Rijthoven. I mean, six times. It feels like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For for you up there was also Zapatamirayes, who you picked five times and he didn't get your point. But he won something this and, year, right? He he beat yeah, yeah. Uh, Denis it, Novak in Merbush, and I'm not sure if there was anything else as well. But he, okay. Yeah. And for me, I had Gombosh, Umber, Kovacevic, Mahaj, Pospisil, all picked four times, didn't get me any points, not a single time. Uh, we go to the funniest category, craziest pick. Who do you think was my craziest pick? <laughs> Man, we picked uh, the winners 184 times this year. If I remember this, no, there's no way. Uh, who did you pick? Um, I mean, you, I, I, I can right now remember you picking some guys out of the qualifying, like Kovacevic or Polmans, but these aren't the craziest picks. I, I don't think they are. I, I'm pretty sure I know who you're gonna pick for my craziest one, but you know, um, yeah, just, just right now, I can only say Polmans for yours. I think there's gonna be someone wilder. So I picked, uh, in, week 27 in porto i was doing porto. a wildcard gimmick um and i picked a bunch of wildcards who were all very good but then in porto there was no good wildcards and i picked enrique rocha ah, uh, number 800 right. <laughs> of course uh, yeah 
yeah, he 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 was he was like a wild card in qualifying as well. He didn't even make it to the main draw. He had just beaten Steven Diaz in straight sets, uh, but then lost to uh, Daniel Rodriguez six love six three in the final qualifying round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember well, thinking that Rocha was probably going to make it out of the qualifying, so I was a fool there as well. But yeah, as you said, this was a bit of a you know theme to your predictions that that uh you yeah. needed to pick wild cards were you honestly i'm not sure what you were thinking when you picked this guy I'm, uh, but i i think i know i think i know what uh who you chose um i mean you like laughing off my peaks of mihalski or Zhuk, but i don't think it's that i think it's gonna be william blumberg <laughs> yes correct william blumberg monterey week 10 he played Four singles events this season. Um, he qualified, beating King and Clear, lost to Hijikata, took a set of Hijikata, but got bagled in the third set, and then played just two more singles events all season. He played Cleveland like a month earlier. Yeah, and he quali- uh, and qualified for yeah. Newport, right? And he was great in Cleveland, actually. Uh, the reason why I picked yeah, him was he, Cleveland. It's weird that he doesn't do this more often. He, he's not as bad as I, as I make him out to be here. Yeah. Um, but he's just a guy who never plays singles at all. Uh, his most singles matches played in a season in his career as a professional is 11. Yeah, but in, I mean, in doubles before last year, it was yeah. also like nothing because he was in college simply. Um, of yeah, course, he's true. one of the most successful college players ever, the only uh, 10-time ITA All-American. Uh, but yeah, the reason why I, pick, why I picked him was the, especially Cleveland, where he looked super competitive, beat Quiros, uh, beat Gomez, and lo- took a set of Nishioka. And that was why I thought that maybe he can win Monterey. As far as I remember, of course, there was like, you know, he wasn't, I wasn't super confident in this pick, but I, I just looked at the draw and there was like no one that spoke to me. As it turned out, Fernando Verdasco, the 38-year-old, won that, won that title to become the second oldest challenger to champion. So... I think it's not as stupid as it sounds, but you know, if if you tell anyone that I picked William Blumberg, of course they're gonna laugh because if if you don't think about it, like if you don't, you know, try to find the arguments for it, just if you hear it instantly, it's gonna be what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's definitely the most like I I see I see the rationale in it. He he had just made the quarterfinal in Cleveland, took a set of Nishioka. Who knew that he would just. <laughs> give up on singles yeah, for and, the rest and of from what I know he keeps saying that he's gonna play singles more and he never does, so. he never does. yeah it's it's maybe he just doesn't get the wild cards maybe he's unwilling to go to the ITFs and and that's why but you I don't know it's 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 tough for him uh but yeah four singles events all season in the end for for Blumberg uh yeah I think we can go to our uh awards uh, which award would you like to start? We, we have player of the year, doubles team of the year, most improved newcomer, comeback player, and then we have match of the year, tournament of the year. Um, ah, okay, so so we treat uh, we have matches of the year here as well. Okay, um, all right. Let's uh, maybe because I guess the player should the player of the year be at the end or should the player of the year be the first one? That's basically my question right now. <laughs> Um, we, we can start with, with player of the year. I think, I feel okay. like that would be an interesting one. Let's, let's, um, I think, yeah, I, I did this in an interesting way. Now that I look at it, like I have someone that I think could be a candidate for player of the year. 
I have them in newcomer. Uh, it's it, it's a little bit shook up, but we'll yeah. we'll go with it. Um, player of the year, I have here Constant Lestien, Emilio Gomez, Pedro Cachin, and number one, I have Quentin Alice. So I have Alice number one, Cachin number two, Gomez number three, and Lestien number four. Okay, I've got five guys listed, and it's Shelton, Cachin, Wu, and Draper. I know why you didn't have Wu and Draper because they played only sporadically. I understand that. I still wanted to keep them here, uh, but I would totally agree with Alice. Uh, basically, that the things that we talked about, you know, the the forty three and ten win loss record. Uh, playing over 50 matches and still winning so much uh playing on the challenger tour you know whenever he showed up he was uh excellent and, and yeah just compared to guys like win draper he just played double the amount of matches so uh that's why i think he's the strongest pick uh i did um maybe some of you guys uh listened to a pod i did with alex graskin a couple a week ago i think maybe from where you're or actually two weeks ago from when you're listening to this and uh we uh like we, we discussed a lot of challenger of the year award like challenger uh, awards uh for the 2022 season uh we decided to bring in uh, a few of these categories into this one here add a couple as well uh and there alex actually convinced me to pick shelton <laughs> but yeah now i'm gonna change it to alice <laughs> uh yeah i i, I think agreement for shelton for sure I, I wanted to sort of give him a different award rather than have him be at like number four or number three here. I think that's why I did this. And also, yeah, he he didn't really play throughout the season, which it's it's weird. Uh, but the dominance that he's shown, he, he was definitely, I think, the best player that we have seen on the Challenger Tour this year in terms of quality, in terms of achievement. Mm. Uh, but like taking a Challenger Player of the Year over the course of the season, I wanted to give it to, to Alice. No, I, I agree with that sentiment. And to be honest, when I uh, started recording that pod with Alex, I had Kachin as my Player of the Year, but then he convinced I, me I to give it to Shelton. And now you've convinced me to give it to Alice. So, uh, yeah, all of these guys really deserve it, of course. Uh, but yeah, uh, for now, you know, um, right now, I feel like Quentin Alice should get it. And uh, yeah, I, I also have Shelton in another category. So I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. So do, yeah. We, uh -huh. do we go to like yeah. the doubles team of the year now? Uh, because that would sure. make yeah. sense. Yeah. Double team of the year. I think there's no doubt that the double team of the year has to be Cash and Patton. Uh, the ones that I chose to highlight here as my three nominees, I have Andrelsi and Duran as my second team. Uh, although they only played half the season similar, similar to Cash and Patton, they were just so good in what they played. Uh, I'm actually, Barrientos and Reyes Varela, I might have above them now that I think about it as, as the number two team because uh, they were just so good. Uh, Dumbi and Rebo are my, are my third runner-up that I have here. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I only have one name, Cash Patton. Of course, it's them. Uh, yeah. But I, I agree with what you said about Barrientos Reyes Varela. I actually didn't realize how strong most of the challengers they won were. Uh, due to our, our talk about the challenger through finals, I, I found out that, well, uh, these guys actually played so many strong challengers as well. It wasn't like Andreozzi Duran, because I, I would have thought that, you know, the only close second to Cash and Patton are Andreozzi Duran, and there's no, there's no way uh, anything else happens. Uh, but yeah. Thinking thinking of about it right now, I think Barrientos Reyes Varela might deserve the second spot, but it's hundred percent cash pot in anyway. So 
uh, you know, there's no discussion here, but, but definitely the, the the pairs that you highlighted also deserve the mention. But if this was an uh, an actual award, uh, it would be hundred percent certain who would get it. Uh, you know, <laughs> bet your house on it. And <laughs> yeah, uh, so as we have our doubles team of the year, our player of the year, maybe let's do most improved now. Sure. Yeah. So, so most improved. Once again, I have four players. I'm going to start with the ones that okay. I didn't pick. Uh, I'm going to start with Yellow Cells. 333 to 134. I think somebody that definitely needs to be um, sort of highlighted for this award. He mostly played Challenger Qualies uh, in 2021, had one ITF title, had a four league semifinal. Uh, he really established himself on the Challenger Tour this year, got a title, got a final, got five semifinals um, over the course of the season. So, yeah, Cels I wanted to highlight. Klein is also one for me as well, 258 in the rankings to 137. Uh, he was having some some decent um, challenger results, shut down his season in September due to wrist injury, uh, came back, won two challenger titles, got a final, five semifinals. We, he's not the most consistent player, but his level when, 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 it's, when it's hitting is, is really, really high, he's a very exciting player. And then my third player that I didn't pick as my most improved, as my most improved player is Zhijian Zhang. 321 to 101. Uh, he played only until July last year, uh, got a semifinal in, in Biela, uh, and then he turned that into a great season in 2022 with a Challenger title, three finals losses, seven semifinals, made the quarterfinals in Naples, uh, got to the top 100, uh, just an amazing season for Zhijian Zhang. But my number one has to be Jack Draper, 265 to number 42. Uh, with Draper, we, we sort of had him a bit on the Challenger Tour last year, uh, made the semis in Nortice, also made the Queen's Club quarters. Uh, but then he just ripped through uh, the Challengers early in the year, got four titles. Um, also then went to the main tour and, and applied himself really well as well. Eastbourne semis, Montreal quarterfinals as a qualifier, next-gen finalist at the end of the year, finishes top 50. Uh, so yeah, it's tough because we didn't get that much of him on the Challenger Tour, but when we got him, he was amazing. Uh, finishes top 50. What are your thoughts on this award and most improved? It's pretty funny because I have three guys and you mentioned neither of them. I kept waiting for you oh. to, to, to give me someone that I have on my <laughs> list. But I, I think, you know, I agree with all that you said, basically. Uh, with Alex, we had this another award that was about like a moment uh, I think Alex called it, he had a moment award. And there I, uh, you know, I was very confident about picking Yella Cells there. So maybe that's why I didn't really think of him for most improved as well. Uh, there was, uh, yeah, I totally agree, with, of course, with Draper, Klein, Zhang. Uh, these guys, uh, I think especially Zhang subverted my expectations. Draper, we were, you know, thinking that he was going to go up. Klein, I, I always thought that was that he was more talented than he was showing before the injury. Uh, anyway, I picked three guys uh, that I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with as well, which just demonstrates how many players uh, actually belong in, in a category like that. You know, how many players we've seen reach heights that previously were thought to be unreachable for them. And I've got the two, um, well, not the two, I've got two guys who at uh, a pretty... Um, far advanced stage of their careers went to the top 100 and did something insane this year which is constant constant listian and pedro Cacin. and i've also got francesco passaro whom uh, you know seeing him last year in 2021 although i think he could be a newcomer as well uh because he didn't play that much in 2021 but just the, the whole difference between the 
ultra defensive grinder that we saw in the, in the summer of 2021 and some Italian challengers to the beasts that we can see right now. Uh, it was just uh, so insane to me that that uh, I th- thought he also belonged here. But uh, yeah, I'm totally for including all of the, the guys that you mentioned in the nominations as well. Uh, but for me, the the guy that takes this award, and I sort of hinted it, uh, hinted at it uh, in the uh, Challenger Tour finals talk, is going to be Pedro Kacin. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's, uh, you know, ranking wise, he probably got up by like 200 spots. Uh, but of course, there's a big difference between climbing, you know, 450 to 250 and 250 to 50. And yeah, I, I I would like to meet the one person who is not friends or family with Pedro Kacin who ever thought that was going to be possible. And I mean that as a compliment for the guy. Uh, of course, we've both enjoyed his progress so much this year, but uh yeah i i would really love to give it to him and as i as i also said in the previous episode i really feel sorry that he's not in the you know in the list of nominations for the uh, most improved atp awards uh because i think he would have a serious chance of winning if enough atp players you know are familiar with the story like knew him as the guy who was basically a fringe ITF challenger guy for years. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's Pedro Kacin. Uh, you mentioned uh, Draper, right? Which is, of course, <laughs> a, a very fine pick as well. Kacin, yeah, I, I want to sort of avoid overlap between the categories, which is why I had uh, Kacin mm. in player of the year as, as number two. Uh, otherwise, would definitely be, I think, number two for me in this in this uh, category behind Draper. But yeah, um, yeah. As for newcomer of the year, um, let's start with a couple of guys that I have as nominees. Pasado, who you mentioned, I had him in the newcomer category. Started the year at six hundred and five, uh, went up all the way to one hundred and twenty to end the season. Uh, he was mostly an ITF player last year. It's a couple of challenger wildcards that didn't really, you know, he didn't really impress in those. And then this year, he just ripped off an amazing season. Uh, got a title, four finals losses, uh, six semifinals overall that he reached, finished with next-gen finals in the end. Um, great, great season for him. I also have a fellow Italian here as well here um, with Arnaldi, 365 to 135. Coming off of a you know breakthrough season on the ITFs, uh, got a couple of challenger appearances in with how many events are in Italy, of course, uh, some wild cards. Uh, but yeah, this year got a title, got two finals, uh, six semifinals overall. Also got the next gen finals, so great season for Arnaldi to break through. Luca Vanash, I have here as well. Won uh, Roland Garros Juniors last year. Um, got an ITF final, two challenger quarterfinals, but was still outside the top 500 uh, at the end of 2021. Broke through, especially at the end of this season. Um, it, it, it's been incredible. Three finals that he got, got a title as well. First player from 2004 to win the challenger title. Uh, five semis overall for him. Uh, gets number 137. But my newcomer of the year was Ben Shelton. Uh, from 573 to number 97. Uh, he was, of course, the NCAA champion, only played eight professional events. Uh, last year, got an ITF title, got a champagne quarterfinal. But what he came and showed this year has been next level. He he is, if I didn't have him in this category, he would be among my four, four player of the year. Uh, three titles, three finals, got that uh, Cincinnati run. Won the, won the NCAA, uh, uh, NCAA champion title again. 
Um, but yeah, what do you think of this award? Who, who should get it in your eyes? Yeah, it's 100% Shelton. It's just as easy as doubles team of the year for me. Uh, but that doesn't mean, of course, that the guys you mentioned were newcomers. Uh, yeah, I, I placed Passaro in the most improved category, but perhaps he actually belongs more in newcomer because, as you said, he only played a few challengers in 2021. In general, you could feel the nominations here with Italians, uh, besides Arnaldi, yeah. whom you mentioned, Maestrelli, um, Mattia Bellucci. Uh, you know, all these guys are perfectly fine nominations for the newcomer. But I think, yeah, what Shelton did, just, you know, play two challengers in 2021, coming into the, in 2022, play only from June to November. So basically, was that six, six months? And break the top 100, uh, you know, win, win three challengers in a, in a row. It just has to be Ben Shelton. Uh, it, it it can't be anyone else. Uh, but yeah, especially on the especially in Italy, of course, there were so many possible nominations for this award this year that uh, that it's insane. And it's even a bit of a shame that we cannot award it to an Italian. But yeah, Shelton just uh, beat them all. Absolutely, we go to comeback player of the year. Uh, where I think we also have a bit of an obvious one, uh, but some guys that didn't get it. Uh, for example, I have Watanuki here, who uh, was as high as number 171 before this year, dropped down to 266, got back to 146, uh, highest he had ever been, uh, won two titles, got a final as well. Um, but Ed, I have here two, going from 80 to 166 to, to 91. Uh, two titles, three finals. We spoke about him, of course, uh, last episode. Michael Moe, I think, also deserves to be here, starting at 239 uh, this season, going all the way to 115. Uh, two titles, two finals. But, of course, it has to be Yi Bing Wu. Uh, I mean, 298 to essentially dropping out of the rankings to 117 that he got before his injuries. Uh, he had he he was the former junior number one, won the U.S. Open in 2017, had to take almost a three-year hiatus due to elbow injuries, and then came back, won three titles on the Challenger Tour, got a final, made the third round of the U.S. Open. It's it's incredible, honestly. Yeah, um, you know, with comeback of the year, comeback player of the year, there's this problem where it's hard to define it, sort of. And the ATP claims that this is a, goes to a player who has overcome serious injury to re-establish himself on the tour uh, as one of the top players on the tour. So, you know, in that way, I guess Mo and Watanuki don't really count, but it's also, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's even more arguments. If we use this criteria, then it's even more arguments for Wu, basically. <laughs> and and yeah, Wu is, is probably unbeatable. Jason Kubler, maybe? That's, that's an option. Yeah, and if we go by these criteria, then Ibingu is the even more obvious winner, of course. He's also nominated for the ATP award and, and comeback player of the year. Uh, I think uh, he's actually got a pretty decent chance of winning this, probably along with Chorich, because I don't think people are going to vote for, like the players, of course, who are voting for this. I don't think they're going to vote for Vavrinka or team because they haven't like returned, they haven't re-established themselves as one of the top players on the tour. Uh, Chorich and Wu, I think, are pretty much the same sort of um, strength of, of their um, their options, because, well, Chorich won a Masters 1000 event, of course, which is something he hasn't done pre-injury. Even Wu isn't really a top player on the ATP tour, but, you know, the, 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 yeah, the story that you mentioned, being out for almost three years, uh, I think that that pretty much also, uh, you know, is a huge argument towards him. 
on the Challenger Tour, comeback player of the year, gotta be Yving Wu, and there's really no no other way. Uh, brilliant story, uh, you know, the, these years uh, when he was out and uh, from time to time, just someone on Twitter asking, do, 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 does anyone know uh, it, where what Ibing Wu is doing? You know, everyone remembering that uh, US, US Open juniors champ who seemed to have plenty of potential, but then, uh, you know, injuries stopped him in his tracks and then he comes back and he's way better than anyone could have expected. So amazing. Yeah, that has to be that has to be Ibingo. And uh yeah, and what else do we have? Uh, match of the year as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So match of the year. Um I had a pretty clear one in, in mind, uh, but two that I sort of picked out that I wanted to highlight. Uh Kachin over Echeveri in Santo Domingo, four six, seven, six, six, four. Great, great three set uh clay battle. Also wanted to highlight Draper against Alice in four league number four. Uh, straight set one seven six six four, but incredibly high level. But ultimately, for the sheer uh, drama of it and everything, it has to be Ibing Wu over Kovacevic in Indianapolis. Uh, six seven seven six six three. Everything about this match, down to the Mikeication commentary, uh, makes this the the match of the year for me. And a great great rewatch as well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't have either as my top three. I actually am thinking of writing an article on uh, like the top 10 challenger matches of the year or something. Uh, so I made a much longer list uh, where there were 40 matches and the only one of them I had there was Vukovacevic. Uh, not sure if that would make my top 10, but probably. Uh, the the ones I wanted to highlight here are uh, at number three, I wanted to have a match that I was at live, like that I just felt like, you know, I have to pick something I watched in person. And I went with uh, Boris Vera beating Berks in Poznan in the quarters. Uh, pretty amazing like, in terms of the atmosphere, uh, the crowd getting behind Zizu so much. Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't know that it was actually his birthday on the day, but they still, you know, their let's go Zizu, let's go chants were uh, amazing throughout the match. But it was Vera was... Uh, uh, you know, no one really cheered for him other than three guys uh, from his team because he he had a very large team in there. Uh, then in the in the final set tiebreak, uh, there was this fantastic rally, and Barrios Vera was out of position and yet hit a perfect backhand winner down the line. And you know, he just looked at all these guys uh, who were chanting for Zizu, and he was like, "Oh, you see, you you, you like that?" And you know, they they all just had their jaws on the floor. Uh, after that shot, uh, certainly, uh, certainly one of my favorite moments of the year as a fan. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wanted to, to, to pick something that, that I saw live and it was absolutely, uh, I'm not sure what the experience would have been watching it on the stream. I think it was a very good match, but the, uh, what was going on in the crowd was definitely, um, definitely, you know, raised my excitement. Uh, at number two, I have something from the last week of the year and it is, Cash pattern against Borges and Cabral in Maya. I think for the, you know, even the quality was very good. Was it the best challenger ma doubles match of the year? Maybe not. Was it the most dramatic? Maybe not. Uh, but was it of extremely high quality? Of course, <laughs> with the, with the two pairs, it was, it had to be. And, uh, you know, that the storylines in there, I think, raise it to this sort of a level. And my, Top pick is going to be Thomas Martinez very against Renzo Olivo in Lima, the one that lasted four hours and 17 minutes, I think. 
Uh, you know, yeah. both, both these guys are just monsters physically, uh, especially Echeverry, who also played Ugo Karabelli in the in the next round and almost beat him from like 0-5 in the third. Uh, the guy is just insane. And uh, yeah, uh, just experts at clay court rallying. And for the whole duration of it, it was so interesting, uh, which which is actually a fair bit of a a tough ask uh you know for to to watch a best of three set match uh, for hours and and to keep it to keep it as interesting as these guys did uh even if i usually might you know might might be a bit of a, a faster surface enjoyer that this is the type of match that where you know where i get why people are so fascinated by clay court rallies because that's uh that's really what uh what, what they love about it uh this sort of uh chess feel to it as Echeverry versus Olivo can have even though the the you know the younger of the Argentinians of course has a massive forehand to him uh and that's gonna be my number one I'm not sure if I do the article it's gonna be my number one as well like I might change my mind 10 times from now but I'm pretty sure all of these if I if I end up doing it uh all of these are gonna be in the top 10 for me so um um not sure if they're going to be the top three but you know just an hour ago or two hours ago that was how i felt all right uh and we go to tournament of the year before we hit the predictions for me the tournament of the year has to be the slovak open uh bratislava 2 challenger um you know it was great to be back i forgot how much fun it is to to cover a tournament live to be at a tournament live be there you know all day every day throughout the week um yeah, it was just, I just had so much fun. So it has to be Bratislava <laughs> too. Yeah, uh, I definitely thought about it too. In general, I think I have to pick something that I saw live. Uh, Bratislava mm. was 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 very fun as well because we met and uh, you know, it was basically a, a very different experience to some other events that I, uh, that I visit where I basically don't talk to anyone but the players for eight days. <laughs> uh but i think i would have to choose if i if i have to choose one i don't know right now i feel like i want to choose the one uh, the event in vilnius uh the access to the players was very easy i don't know just i just feel good vibes about the event when i think of it uh mattia bellucci going for back-to-back -back titles and basically almost dying on the court in the final uh, was something excellent as well, but honestly, all of the events that I attended this year, you know, it, it probably could be most of them. Bratislava definitely a strong contender for me as well. I think Braunschweig would be a very, very strong contender for me too, be just because of the um, the quality of the field that was in there. Uh, you know, Struve playing such a perfect week, Zhang, uh, you know, the, the the very beginnings of his of his incredible rise. Um, yeah and and of course it was very good as well from the organizational standpoint so you know if i have to name one today i feel like vilnius but yeah again i feel like the this answer could be very different uh if we if we do it again tomorrow so <laughs> yeah let's uh let's get to the predictions now because we're actually going to try predicting who is going to win the awards so next year this we is are, yeah. this is difficult yeah I, it's, it, yeah, so, so, so let's just start. Um, I think we should go in reverse order this time from, you know, come back to player okay. of the year or something. I didn't do, I didn't do doubles team, but we can try and do that as well. Okay. But yeah, so come back player, come back player of the year. Um, I've picked out four players. Uh, I'm going to start with Chemilko. 
who, as we just mentioned, at our two favorite events, Vilnius and Bratislava showed some incredibly strong play. He's still down in the rankings, number 344, uh, due to, of course, rarely playing between February and September due to a family tragedy. Uh, but he's shown his level in, in recent weeks, and I think that he could certainly make a top 130, top 120 push uh, in 2022. Then I also put down uh, Lloyd Harris, who's down to number 239. Uh, he had a season-ending wrist surgery in July, hasn't played since Roland Garros. Uh, we're going to see him already at the Australian Open with a, with a protected ranking, most likely, unless he suffers a setback. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see him quite frequently on the Challenger Tour next season. And he, he already showed us that he can uh, break through once. I expect him to do it again. Then I have Kyle Edmund here, number 583 is how he finished the season. Uh, missed 21 months with a knee injury and returned to play five events. Uh, he then played, I think, um, it was like a UK series of, of yep. exhibitions or something and, and got some there. UK Pro uh, yeah, League, in, I think. In yeah. Uh, so I feel like he he definitely has the play in him, even though he didn't quite show it uh, last season. But yeah, I, I feel like the more he gets uh, used to used to playing again regularly, week in week out, the, the better he will get. And I put Bernard Tomic in here. Uh, <laughs> strong finish with ITFs, three titles, one final. Uh, this season is the most wins that he has gotten since 2018. So he's, it's almost like he's recommitted. Uh, he's a number 471. So obviously any rise in the rankings would be great for him. It's unlikely, but he, you know, if, if we play in Mexico every, every week, maybe he'll show up and then maybe he'll do something. Uh, but yeah, who, who are your uh, picks for comeback player or comeback player over there? Yeah, not enough, uh, not enough events in the Caribbean for Tomic to do it. But I actually have him on my short list as well. I have, I have three guys, as as we said, this is just impossible, basically. <laughs> but we can try. Why not? Uh, Bernard Tomic, I believe, has a bit of a chance. Yeah, as he said, he's been winning all the ITFs. He's been playing basically. Uh, there was a moment this year, like a couple of matches which he played at a high level. Uh, it, it's not impossible. Uh, I think we will see him if he wants to, of course, because that's a big deal as well with him. But uh, we will see him play the Challenger Tour a bit. And uh, and it's going to be super exciting. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be chaos. And yeah, we're thinking that he might actually do, uh, achieve, might actually achieve some um, great stuff. I have Artur Cazot in here. I think if he if he's yeah, healthy very. for a year, that's that's very doable. Mm-hmm. I have such mixed feelings about his 2022 campaign, but because you know he won the first challenger, but <laughs> other than that, it's been mostly you know being off the court and barely healthy. So when and actually playing, so that's weird. And I have a total blind pick because this guy didn't play at all in 2022. And I'm Guido uh, huh. Ah, Guido Pea. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice idea. He he played one uh, event, but I am thinking of Zane yeah. Khan actually. Uh, but Guido Pea is, is is a good is a good choice as well. Uh, I was thinking of Zane Khan, who uh, had this oh. pretty great finish in 2021. Uh, the U.S. Open qualies, of course, were like the the best showing that he had, and then he was out for the whole 2022 season, uh, which uh, is very sad to me because well, at some point it it looked like he was just gonna be. 
uh, you know, a huge player and uh, that, that dynamic forehand, especially, uh, I, I enjoyed it so much. And I remember even, you know, talking about him somewhere about one of the, like, as one of the players who could in 2022 have a great year, uh, then he didn't play <laughs> at all. Uh, but you know, Jason Brooksby did not did not play at all in the year 2020, right? And we all know where 2021 took him. So it's not impossible. It's not uh, something that can't happen. But the big question is whether he will play. Uh, I think I saw like a like an I, I checked his Instagram recently or something, and he had like a post a couple of w- weeks ago where he uh, joined like a training base or something like that. So I don't know. Maybe he is gonna play. If he is, I'm certainly watching like most of his matches. So let's see. Yeah, I mean, Zaykan is a great pick. I, I didn't even think about him, to be fair. I, I Like, obviously, we, we talked about him a bit in 2021, but just completely went out of my mind this season. Obviously, didn't play. So he had no way to, to remind himself. But yeah, I mean, he, he had the level in 2021. I'm curious to see how he does next season. Um, but yeah, Guido Pay actually is unlikely. I think I let him on, end him on the short list, but uh, the his his diagnosis wasn't that great, so I'm not sure how much he's really going to play. Um, and then Jer- Jeremy Shardy is also coming back after yep. not playing the season, so so we'll see if he plays any challengers. I think we could see him in some of the French uh, indoor hard ones. We'll see. For newcomer of the year, it's it's obviously a tough one. Uh, Try to pick a newcomer. Uh, I have some names here. I have the name uh, like Alafia Ayani, who's number four hundred thirty three. Obviously, he's he's at some results. Um, is at the University of Kentucky, I think, for for one more year. Yeah, he transferred uh, to transferred to Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after finish after finish at Cornell, because uh, I think he's doing like a. Uh, it's it's not like a full degree. He's just doing like an additional thing in business. No, no, he, he transferred for one year. I, I think so. So yeah, yeah, yeah but but but, uh, but it's his fifth year already playing. Yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, and he certainly showed us the game. Um, he is incredibly entertaining to watch. I would love to see more of him throughout the season. Uh, someone else that I picked out is Jakub Menschik. He is only seventeen, number four hundred forty nine. Uh, Australian Open junior finalist finished the season on a very strong note with three back-to-back ITF titles. Uh, someone that could be an interesting newcomer could be Pablo Yamas Ruiz, also had a, a very strong finish to the season. Mas Palomas and Valencia Semis, he's number 355. Uh, already showed a great improvement um, when uh, last season in the first quarter of the uh, of the of the year, he had like some really bad performances against like Moreno del Borano. He won like two games, uh, so he certainly stepped it up. And I think we'll see more of him. And I have Marcus Kashnikowski here as well, number three hundred ninety three, uh, one ITF title, four finals, strong finish with the Calgary semis, beating Pospisil. I feel like we will we will see him on the Challenger Tour next year. But yeah, who are yours? Yeah, I I've got Menchik as well. Uh, not surprised that you had him. I was thinking of a number of different juniors. Um, not sure how many events guys like the Brew or Landaluce will actually will actually play. Like that's that's just impossible to predict at this point. I think Landaluce has the stronger like 
game at the moment. Maybe not game at the moment in that he isn't as consistent, but just the str- probably will have like a, a sharper track of progress. So uh, he's also one of my nominations. As you mentioned, Manchik has won three ITF titles in a row. Uh, it's very, very possible that he will be a force on the Challenger Tour next year. Um, and yeah, that, that was one of the cases where like, uh, you know, there, there was that final between him and Kuzuhara, and even though he lost it, it was pretty clear that he was going to be the one who was, you know, his, his, uh, progress, like his breakthrough is going to happen sooner. Uh, I have Max Hawkes in here, but I don't know if that's really possible. You know, uh, as, as his hot streak has sort of, uh, you know, disappeared as he ran out of it. Uh, we're seeing more and more about the issues with his backhand with the second serve, but the peak level is certainly pretty insane. Uh, I think he still counts as a newcomer because he only played like a couple of these South American events and of course the Amersfoort uh, Challenger quarterfinal. And I also have had Kashnikovsky in here. Uh, I hey. think uh, it, it's possible that, you know, maybe he's not going to win five challengers next year. Uh, that would be pretty insane, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he like tries to get to the top 200 and you know has a very solid challenger season i think that's really uh especially after what he showed in canada uh yeah and and in general i i, I really enjoy how uh you know how professional he is how ambitious as well and the fact that he seems to be just you know just really know what he's uh gonna work on like he really knows what he needs to improve and uh even though maybe like naturally he isn't the most powerful i think there's a there's a very big chance that he um well you know the level to be a challenger player i think is already there for him uh it's just really a matter of of turn turning that into results and seeing if there's actually a any potential for him to like break the top 100 or if he's just gonna be a challenger guy because that's i feel like at this moment is is a bit unclear but yeah newcomers again the the chance that we predict this is just <laughs> next it's, it's to tough, yeah yeah uh yeah i mean for kashikovsky i really feel like those last two weeks calgary and germanville were, were key in this, uh, not just because he performed very well, but I feel like it's because it's going to enable maybe him or maybe his team, whoever uh, sort of chooses the schedule for him. Really, I don't know if it's if it's his own decision at the moment, but I think I feel like they can go bolder. I think I think they can go a lot more challenger qualities and give him yeah. the chance to to try on those as opposed to just ITFs week in week out. No, I I, I interviewed Max in uh, in July, I think, and he like basically said that his goal until the end of the year was getting to the top four hundred, which he did thanks to Canada again, yeah. and that that yeah he's probably gonna try to focus more on on challenger qualifying when he does that because that's you know that's what he wants to be playing, and and yeah, uh, good luck to him of course. And what, what do we have in store next? So we go to most improved player, uh, which is also an interesting one. Uh, I have four names once again, starting with Gabriel Diallo, uh, number 229, two titles, only started in June, has already quit at the University of Kentucky, so he's going to play, I assume, full season. Uh, and yeah, ju- just that, I, th- I-, I think just the, f- the first full season should get him into the top 150, top 130, top 100, who knows, uh, if, he- if he can keep his level. Uh, next up, I have Tunglin Wu here, number 187, Whoa. one title finals. I feel like he's shown she's shown some very nice level. Uh, if he can bring a bit more consistency to it, I think we could also see that ranking rise uh, a nice bit for him. Uh, then I have Fabien Marojan here, 
number 172, one title, one final, played some ITFs even in the beginning of, of uh, 2022. Uh, and I feel like we'll see him really establish himself as a, as a week in, week out threat, uh, make that sort of transition to 130, 120, the upper echelons of the, of the Challenger Tour. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what he showed us in Bratislava, of course, he's most comfortable on clay, uh, but that play in on indoor hard was very, very impressive. And lastly, I have Arthur Fields here as well, number 249. Uh, he played the full season on sort of Challenger, Challenger qualities, five quarterfinals, no semifinals. I feel like we'll see that translated to, to more semis, maybe a final. I, 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 I feel like we sort of have to expect the final or two from Phil's next season on the Challenger Tour. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this category? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't really prepared for this category before, uh, so I was doing it uh, right now. I will say about Diallo, though, uh, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, definitely a right, the right decision, I think, if you're making Australian Open qualifying and Ron Garros and Wimbledon, because he's not defending anything until June, like most collegians. So he's basically going to make Wimbledon and Austra- uh, Ron Garros as well. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty clear that you shouldn't be playing college. I mean, at the same time, you have Diana Schneider, who's almost in the top 100, can be in the top 100 if she wins Dubai this weekend. She wants to play a year in college. But, you know, uh, I, I, I think for Diallo, it's the right call. Uh, that's what I want to say. Uh, I do. I have this list uh, right now on Twitter of, like, you know, guys who could break the top 100 next year. And, of course, right at the end of it, because it it's supposed to be 26 players. So, I don't know, for, like, half of it, I will give picks that I'm confident in and then I'm going to start with like the long shots and I actually think that uh, I can you know give a spoiler here that I think that maybe Diallo will be at my list uh, on my list like at the end of it I think because yeah just the fact that he is he is not defending anything until June uh, is making me think that a top 100 push is very possible for him even though he's still super raw Uh, and the four guys I have here uh yeah these are just all uh, yeah I'm, I'm just totally guessing here but this is wild but Viktor Durasovic is that right. is that possible you know someone ranked it I don't know 350 that has a top 200 game uh is it possible that he I don't know makes a final and and wins the title next year on the Challenger Tour I think it's very possible I think he's long had the game to do that it's a matter of intangibles you know like mental mental stuff uh, that he hasn't. Uh, can he overcome that? We'll see. Uh, the years of his career mostly tells us no, <laughs> like the, the the you know the way he's uh, worked so far. But we'll see. Uh, of course, he's just twenty five or twenty six, so there's a lot of time for him as well. Uh, Moro Kanyas, is that gonna happen? Yeah. Yeah, he, he 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 was on my short short list for this. I think I had him like five or six. Yeah. He, he he's really produced plenty of great ITF results this year. I think he uh, he has a challenger game with that heavy forehand, great defense as well. Can play on both clay and hard, which is which is important too. Uh, I'm a little surprised that he hasn't done more this year already. Like looking at how he's performed in some moments, uh, but yeah, I think next year should be where where he you know the the time where he establishes himself as a challenger regular at least, and you know maybe more. Let's see. Then then he can actually fight for most improved. I've got Hamad Medvedevich in here. 
you know, and anytime he settles down, like you know, he 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 fixes these mental issues, he starts moving his feet, which is pretty important. Uh, of course, he has uh, he is funded by Djokovic. It's, it's gonna help. It's gonna help, right? It, it should help. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I just think his like potential level. It's uh, certainly like a you know, top fifty or something like that. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be on my top 100 list for next year, but I think in a couple years time, he can certainly do it. If he just, uh, you know, starts playing his at, at his best level consistently, then I wouldn't put it past him to just break the top 100 even next year. And the fourth guy, I actually didn't think you were going to do that as well. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's going to keep saying that and keep saying that every single time. I also have Arthur Fields in here, uh, you know, I definitely lost some belief. I started having some doubts. Uh, but yeah, uh, as you said, five hundred quarterfinals, he's played so well on in like, you know, single matches on particular days this year. Uh, perhaps hasn't really turned it into uh, titles uh, or finals or even semifinals. But yeah, I, th- I think next year is where he breaks that barrier. Finally, uh, finally, for an 18-year-old is a weird name, is a weird uh, thing to say. But, you know, the guy was basically almost as good as he was right now at 17, it feels. Uh, he wasn't really, but, you know, he was capable of a deep run in the Challenger as well a year ago. Uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, I yeah. think he finally uh, does it. Like he finally makes a final. <laughs> finally makes a final. You know what I mean? <laughs> what What do we have next? And um, it's, it's just player of the year. That's all I have left. Unless you want to do something for doubles, but I didn't do any prep for that. Uh, for doubles, see, I, I like doubles is too hard for a doubles team. Like we, we don't know who's staying together. Um, year over year, I mean, Dumbia and Rebu are probably a good pick. Uh, <laughs> if 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 they have to drop down, uh, to play these events again, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to do to to do a doubles team. I think I think we we can just go over to Player of the Year here. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it it's a tough one because like you know, is someone just gonna rocket through this and just play like you know twelve events and and uh, not earn that much like like that like that many points here? um and then just move on to the main tour i have picked out sort of players who are in the like not quite the top echelon that we have right now uh of the challenger tour okay so one for lukash klein i think he's probably my most likely pick here number 137 he is a threat on all surfaces uh he's not the most consistent player though so i feel like we could see him um have like multiple titles throughout the season half maybe you know four uh and just have them spread out throughout the year, which which would sort of keep him at the at the challenger tour level. Though, I have also put uh, Kovacevic here, number one hundred and sixty. I feel like he had a lot of uh, tough losses or losses to like quite high quality opposition uh, in in his runs. Of course, he had some bad weeks, uh, but in in weeks where he was playing well, he was stopped by uh, you know I'm just like the one that's popping to my mind is probably Shelton. Uh, in in these in these recent weeks, uh, obviously back to back, lost to Duckworth in Seoul, lost to Nishioka in Seoul ATP, uh, lost to Wu, lost to Shelton again three times. He lost to Shelton. Um, yeah, it, it, I, just, I just feel like he has enough weeks where he's playing really well that he can translate it into into more uh, finals and semifinals and so on. Who else do I have here? Jean-Baudet Pirosh is someone that I highlighted. Obviously, he has injury issues, but if he can ever 
string together uh, a, a long enough um, period of, of health. Uh, he definitely has what it takes to to win four or five events. Uh, Yunqing Shang here is, is my wild card that I put here. Obviously, he's, he's super young, but he's number 194, got a title, got another final. Uh, the end of the season was a bit rough, but he is still just so young, and, and he definitely has the potential to do well next year. But yeah, player of the year, who are you thinking of? Yeah, this is this is this is really rough again. Um, maybe um, yeah, Klein. I I agree with because I think uh, he will break the top one hundred probably in like April, but then some points start falling. So I think it will yeah. keep him playing. You know, something on the Challenger Tour at least. So I think that's a very serious um like option. Zisu Bergs maybe. You know, he's had a uh, very consistent uh. Oh, he was injured for a lot of the year. He had some uh, dry spells, but he was also like getting points, you know, a good event, then two months break, a good event. So he's not going to be really dropping any major points, I think, most of most of the year. And it's probably going to keep him playing on the Challenger Tour. And if he's, yeah, if he's more healthy than he was in 2021, I think he can win again like he did in 2020 yeah like he did i mean if he's more healthy than he was in 2021 he can do as well as he was in 2021 which basically was a standard where he maybe be nominated for player of the year uh maybe if he was more consistent than that year but he won three challengers that uh in in that season uh, adrian andreev maybe that's an option no. uh, I, I don't know uh <laughs> i mean he's also uh, becoming pretty good on both hard and clay uh, definitely improving the forehand. I think he might, uh, you know, he might also make a top 100 push this year. It's it's not impossible. I like the Kovacevic pick as well. Yeah, player of the year is just uh, another category here that is that is just really tough to, to to sort of do something. And I also I'm also noticing that Ugo Delian hasn't played in a in a while. That could be a comeback player of the year maybe as well. Um, and I, I do uh, have one random shout for doubles team of the year, but you know, as as you said, it could be everyone. I want to say though that Yabavi and Pavlashek maybe if they keep playing more oh, with yeah. each other, yeah. I, I on, on some occasions I definitely loved seeing watching them. Then this year, uh, they're both at not like 91, 93 in the rankings, pretty similar uh, to each other. Um, it, for the Challenger Tour, they're obviously in every single event they want to play. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they should have been, you know, the, the position that she that uh, that we had them in, that you had them in, in the Challenger Tour race. Uh, I didn't feel like reflected how good they were. Mostly, as as you said, Pavlashek also played with Zelenai. I think he won two titles with Zelenai. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like if Yabavin and Pavlashek play the whole year along with each other, they 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 will probably win like five, four Challenger events, and that's probably going to be enough to be a nominee or. I don't know. Let's end the conversation for doubles team of the year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, when you look at their last year, especially on clay, four finals that they reached, uh, two of them, they lost to Brown and Vavasori. Yeah. 
when they demolined and Struf, one of the most worst loss maybe to Oberleitner and Oswald. Uh, outside of that, though, they've sort of they didn't have any of the semifinals outside of those four finals, which is pretty interesting. Uh, it, it was it was all sort of early round losses. They had back to back losses to Durasovic, which is pretty interesting uh, in in San Marino and Como. Uh, obviously, also knows I'm Paulson when, when we were watching them yeah. in Bratislava. That was a very tight match, though. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they maybe expected a little bit more from the finish to the season. So I am not certain if they'll sort of remain uh, like a full time pairing for for 2023. We'll see. Oh, and I also re remember that I forgot. <laughs> remember that I forgot. Uh, Chrissy Banks, I also wanted to mention. Uh, I think it's possible yeah. that he will also be at that sort of, you know, top challenger guy, low level ITP next year. Uh, it depends on his scheduling, but I think he's never been more complete than right now. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got like to, to a player of the year um, position. Uh, anything else when it comes to the awards and predictions? I think that's it. I, th I think we did it. I don't think we can predict match of the year or tournament of the year. But yeah, that's gonna be pretty <laughs> rough. I mean, I, I, if you if you end up going to Bratislava again, then I think it's it's probably gonna be your tournament of the year. <laughs> but you know, matches of the most likely, and unless I go somewhere else, who knows? Maybe the Glasgow Challenger comes back one day. Oh yeah. Um, but matches of the year, matches of the year, yeah, that, that's probably impossible. So again, thanks. Uh, I guess thanks for listening to this uh, to this part of the, of the season review, and uh, yeah, see you see you next time. Bye.